I love that you love. I love it. Love that you love. Again, super happy to have our students with us this morning for a family Sunday. We're continuing a series called Get Outside. Since the weather's good, right? Get outside of yourself. Get outside of yourself. Looking at mission, looking at giving. This has been a powerful series. We're in our seventh week. Planning on eight weeks, but we're in our seventh week. Four on mission, four on giving, and we're in our third installation of giving. Within the past week, I got a text message from someone, and they said they have been attending here for four years. They get paid this Friday, which was two days ago, and they are going to begin tithing. That is awesome. A young couple approached me in the hallway and said, we have been talking about this at home, and then you preached. It was a couple of weeks ago on the first one. You preached this. We looked at each other and said, this is simply confirmation of what we have already been talking about and we are going to begin a lifestyle of giving. In that same conversation, the wife looked at me and she said, thank you for not being afraid to teach hard things. And then with rice bowls, and I know a few of those are still coming in, with rice bowls, we typically are in the $800, $900 range. And then our church will match that $800, $900. And by the way, all the money that you give that's not designated, so if you designate it to youth, or you designate it to men's breakfast, or you designate it to facilities, every dollar of that goes where it's designated. But if it's an undesignated tithe or offering, 10% of it goes into an account that is purely for outflow to help you, not to keep the lights on, not to pay my salary, but to help people that need Help. So I want you to realize that. That's fully an outflow. So from that account, whatever comes in for rice bowls and mission giving, things like that, that particular initiative, we will match that. So usually it's about $900, and then we give $900. So I got a text the other day, and Sharon and Anna had taken some of the rice bowls and, and got them all to the bank and everything like that, which is a task in and of itself. Oh, I'm so sorry. And Judah, please forgive me. Please forgive me for overlooking Judah. Thank you, buddy. It was a trio that took it. I got a text that said we gave $3,000 in rice bowls. Isn't that fantastic? $3,000. I read it a couple of times. I'm like, did we match that? No, 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 that was unmatched. $3,000, which we will be happy to write a $3,000 check to match that, $6,000. Let me tell you what, at a quarter a meal, that's 24,000 meals. How fantastic is that? That is wonderful. That is so good. Love it, love it, love it. There's joy in giving and to see in the outflow and the impact, particularly when we don't even know who it's going to, where it will be and how it will be used, the joy of having open hands. Now, Arnick, I'm sure, remembers this conversation several years ago. How many years, man? Has it been like four, 
You've been here four years, all right, almost, coming up on it? Four years. At the beginning of that time, when we were feeling all that out, Arnick had approached our church, and we started conversations and connecting about him becoming a worship leader and our worship pastor, and we met at Java Hope. Remember that meeting? And I slid into the booth, and the way we remember it is this. I slid in the booth, hey, man, how you doing? Good to see you. Don't tell us what to do. That pretty much how that conversation started? I'm not joking, am I? Yeah. We sat down, and we were going to talk about him being a worship pastor. And it really was, hey, buddy, good to see you. How's it going? Tell me what you're interested in, and don't tell us what to do. Don't tell us what to do. Meaning, tell me when to stand, tell me when to sit, lift my hands, clap your hands. Come on, church, clap your hands. I don't want to hear any of that. I don't want to hear it. Now, there is a line between invitation and encouragement and direction and coercion. Vic has helped me with that on many occasions. There is a line between directing people and encouraging, invitation and an open door, and between compelling and coercion. And that conversation was about the compelling coercion part. And here's the reason why. And this is what we talked about, because we met to talk about the philosophy of ministry. And we met to talk about why we are going to do what we're going to do here. Now, if I'm standing over here, it'll mess up the mic probably if I get down there, so I won't go on the floor. But if I was standing down on the floor and Arnick said, lift your hands, church. Do you know where my hands are going? They're going up. No problem. No problem. Let's clap to the Lord. I'm going to clap. No problem. But in a worship set, and this is what we discussed, the higher place, the better place. The better place is what happened a few moments ago. I was standing over here praying with folks, and the first two songs are usually a blur because I'm just praying with people. The third song, I don't know if anyone came up during the third song, and I got to sing with you and worship and, and look around the room. I'm standing over here at the side. I'm, I'm looking at the whole room. And I could see different parts of the song, and I could see different parts of connection in people where without a direction, come on, somebody, lift your hand, that thing, without that, your hands went up. Your hands opened up. You might have clapped. You might have knelt. You might have come to an altar to stand or kneel or pray. And this is what I said to him. That's what we want. That's the win. Because here's the deal. Let's do a little time release thing. This is how I think about it. The song is being sung. And we're listening and we're singing. And something builds in us. We begin to connect more and more with the song. Anybody? Yeah, as the song goes, you begin to connect more and more. And you're feeling more and more. And it is kind of like this kind of feeling, this kind of upward feeling for me sometimes. And so if Arnick says to me, or whoever, I do it, any of us. And I, in fact, do it at times. If I say, lift our hands, I'm going to do that. But here's the difference. I did it because you said it, which is fine, but not as good as it coming out of me and I just opened my hands. That's the win. That's the better place. Obedience is cool. I get it. it it's great. And I would do whatever. Whatever's asked. I would, okay. But the better thing, 
is when it comes out of us. We don't worship because it's our Pentecostal identity, because I'm a Pentecostal. We don't worship for that reason, because it's my identity. That's how I'm known. That's what those people do. No, no, no. I worship because I am in love with Jesus, and it comes out of me. It's not the label or the name on the sign or the denominational tagline. It's that something is moving in me. And I told him, that was our whole conversation. I said, man, I don't want to miss those. I don't want to short circuit a moment that will develop in somebody by telling them what to do before the moment happens. I'd like the fruit to ripen and fall off the tree because it's ripe. So we had that conversation in the context of worship and direction. Now, we're in a series on giving, okay? Just kind of a half a block from what I just talked to you about, right? Where it could be very direct, compelling to the point of guilt or coercion, right? Now, there's an easy way to do giving and have it very successful, and it happens. I mean, to tell you how it is, I'll tell you. Very, very easy way. Several different types of churches do this. I know of Catholic churches that do this. Dana uh, told me that in uh, Temple, in the Jewish, Jewish faith, they do this. And here's what it'll be. Rick, we met the other day, right? We sat down, had a coffee, hung out and talked. If Rick and I were meeting because he's coming to Christ, well, he ended up coming to Christ, right? I would say, Rick, here's what we need, buddy. We'll meet for coffee here at the church. He said, let's meet at the church, and I'll bring you a coffee. Perfecto. Right? And I say, hey, along with that coffee, don't forget your W-2. Bring your W-2. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to look around line 27. I'm going to look down. What line is it actually, Link? I'm going to look at that line. And then I'm going to take the last number and exit out. And highlight the rest. So if you make $150,000, entry fee at Christway will be $15,000. You can cut us a one-time check or we'll take installments. Hey, you know what's crazy? I'm not making that up. That's happening today. That happens today, 2023, in churches today. I am aware of Catholic churches that do that. And I'm limited in my, um, probably many, many other churches. Catholic churches do it. Jewish, Jewish synagogues do it. Yeah, come in. We'll drop the last number, and that's what you pay. And if you don't pay, you don't get to come to the cool things like today. And you don't get to come to the festivals, and you don't get to come to the retreats. Oh, you get to come, but it's going to be like five Gs for everybody showing. You want to take a quick vote and see if we want to do it that way? Makes, makes it easy. But you miss something. Makes it easy. And apparently people do it because people go to those places. But you miss something. Simple for me to look at your W-2, take that number, highlight it, and say, would you like to make installments? And please see Sharon on your way out the door. But what's happening is that we miss the maturity, and the blessing of giving. 
You miss the blessing of giving because you're being obedient. Now, 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 8, in the NIV, I'll turn and we can look at it up here. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. You know, reap what you sow, right? There you go. Uh, okay, next, next one, verse 7. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. D- d- just give what you've decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. We're doing a giving series to inform you of the opportunity that you have to live a more full life. Not under compulsion. Not because our electric isn't getting paid. Not because we don't have money in the bank. Not because we're barely going to make the more. This church is debt free. We don't, we don't owe anybody anything. That is good. Yeah, I'm grateful for it. Yeah. And we're able to put monies into ministry and things like that. So it's none of that. This is an invitation for you to live life to the full, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And you need to just give what you decide in your heart. It's you and the Lord, right? There's a story, kind of a, kind of a made-for-late-night TV story, where a couple people came to give an offering and lied about it. Let's not do that, okay? Right? They'd sold some property and kept some of it back and presented as if what they were giving was the entire amount of money. Now, to me, I'm like, oh, come on, man. You know, like, really? Come on. You know what the Holy Spirit thought about that? It killed them. Killed them. Like the husband showed up, and he'd only given a part, and it's, Peter figures that out. He says, hey, you giving the whole thing? Yeah. He's like, unbelievable, man. Boom, dead. The last thing that old boy heard was, unbelievable, man. Bam. And they carry him out. And his, Ananias and Sapphira, his wife comes in, and the fellas that carried out her husband were standing by. And he's like, hey, did you give this money that you said you gave? And she's like, sure did. And he's like, man. Bam, she down too. Same old boys carried her out. No need to lie. No need to be reluctant. No need to do it out of compulsion. But if God is talking to you about something and you're saying yes, just just do that. And God, has anybody else found that you can give incrementally and it's a step of faith? It's a journey of faith. You give a little and later on you're giving a lot, but right then you're giving a little. He says it. The Lord says, test me and see. He says, try this out. Just see. See how this goes. And so that's a lot of what's happening. He loves a cheerful giver, verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times. How does that sound? That's dandy. All things at all times. Having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work. That's a decent trade. But it's not like you've got to do this or got to do that. Just the encouragement here is to open your heart because... This is how the Lord fills your life. Open-handedly fills your life. Do you have that in the contemporary English? Throw that up there. Thank you so much. So in the contemporary English version, I like the way this read. Uh, Remember this saying, a few seeds make a small harvest, but a lot of seeds make a big harvest. All right, next verse. Each of you must make up your own mind about how much to give. Don't feel sorry that you must give. 
And don't feel like you're forced to give. And I love this phrase. God loves people who love to give. We all know it is God loves a cheerful giver, right? But God loves people who love to give. Next verse. God can bless you with everything you need. You'll always have more than enough to do all kinds of good things for others. That really is the byproduct of the blessing, is that we are that vessel, and he fills us, and we are a vessel not to hold it and sit on the shelf and say, hey, look at all the stuff I have in me. And three weeks later, I still have stuff in me. I'm going to make myself bigger to have more stuff in me. We know what happened to that old boy right in the barns. Doesn't turn out well for people that mess around with giving, right? A lot of death going on in these stories, right? So you take that thing and you move it to someone else. You bring the delicious drink. You are a platter that brings the delicious food. You are that platter, and you are able to do all kinds of good things for others. How do you become this cheerful giver? How do you become the person that loves to give? Tina told me the other day, she said, I love butter pecan ice cream. I didn't know that I love butter pecan ice cream, but I do. I wonder how she found out that she loved butter pecan ice cream. A field trip to the library? (laughs) Polling friends on Facebook? How? You tried it. You tried it. You try it and you're like, oh, not just, oh, that's pretty good. No, it was like, I love it, it's my favorite thing. Right? Yeah. There was a fella in this church that a couple Christmases ago, it was 2021, he called me and he said, I would like to give something to somebody at Christmas. I'd like to help a family. I said, okay. He said, I'd like to, I'd like to give him a gift card for $100. I'm like, okay. Can I get it to you? Sure. It was like, he was like on the spot. I'm like, I'll meet you in the parking lot. It was like a drug deal, right? I'll meet you in the parking lot. And so I was at, I was at Hamilton at the time, and I was in the parking lot, and he pulls his truck up, and we do the handoff. Fantastic. Great. Wonderful. $100 gift card. He said, whoever you feel like needs it, you can give it to them. The next day, my phone rang, and he said, that felt so good, I'm bringing you another $100 today. He fell in love with giving. It felt so good, and he was surprised. And nothing was coerced. I didn't call him the first time. I never even really asked him what prompted it. But he tried it like butter pecan ice cream. And not only did he like it, he loved it. That's why it's one of the eight steps. Not because we need the bills paid around here. It's because you need to invest in what you believe in. You need to be open-handed and let a flow come out of you for the things you value and the stuff that you believe, good things to people. So we can have you bring your W-2. Arnett, come on up, buddy. We can have you bring your W-2. Promise it's a lot easier. You can sign up for your appointment on the Church Center app. Yes, of course. <laughs> we can just do the whole thing. You can sign up for your appointment and we can do the giving right there in front of you. We just boom, 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 boom. We can do that. And you know what? If you're already tithing, 
And if you're already given 10%, you wouldn't care a bit. Doesn't matter to me. If that was the new rule, our family tithes. We give 10% of all of our income. So no problem for me. Here's my W-2. No big deal, because I do it anyway. And you know what? The congregational coffers would be full. Or the church would be empty, one or the other, huh? Which one, right? But let's say everybody hangs around, and we all submit our W-2s, and we all pay it. The congregational coffers would be full. Peter said, silver and gold have I none. We wouldn't say that, because we'd be loaded. But you know what? We'd miss the blessing. We'd miss the blessing. We'd miss the blessing of giving. Because some would write the check. And I would have to help you with your hand. You would be reluctant. You would write the check reluctantly. Some would feel like it was compulsory. Like something like Ananias and Sapphira or the rich man with his barns. Like death is hanging in the wings if I don't do this. That's never the win. That's not the heart of it at all. God loves people that love to give. And we can certainly agree on the fact that there is need. And good things need to be given. I think what we're talking about in this series is making giving a lifestyle. Making giving your go-to. I was on, uh, right out here on Margaret the other day, pulling up to third. And there's often someone standing there. Whoever was there that day was lucky. Because I pulled up, and I usually don't have any cash at all. And people ask me, I'm passing, they'll say, hey, you got any money? I'm like, man, I don't have any cash at all. I hardly ever carry cash. Anyway, I'm pulling up, and I see this guy. And in my habit, I never have cash. But for some reason, I had a $5 bill. And I was like, oh, I got a $5 bill to which I was very happy to pull out and hand over. Because I want it to be a habit of lifestyle. I want it to be something that there is no reluctance. Here's the issue with reluctance. There's fear based in that somewhere. And fear is just not that good for us. I may have told you the story that my, he wasn't my father in the gospel, but he was one of my pastors he says, if he has a five, a 20, and a 100 in his wallet, and it comes time to pass the plate, he's like, five, 20, 100. Hmm. Well, I can't give the five, because that would be cheap. Like, like, who's watching? You have all of these lights are actually small cameras that look down, and I'm like, what, like, what are you talking about? Who's watching? The five is too cheap, and well, I can't give the hundred. I mean, that is irresponsible. So I guess I'll give the 20. And I think he did that for a little bit of time. And then he said, I felt like I was giving place in my heart to something that I didn't want in my heart. He said, so I reach in there. Take the, he said, there's been times I put my whole wallet in there. Not just the money, I just throw the whole wallet in there. He loves people that love to give. Don't hit that bridge. Something about a miracle. A miracle can happen now. For the 
I would love for us to be baptized with the spirit of giving. Not from compulsion or reluctance, but gratitude. Generosity. Miracle right here. that moment when you're thinking with the Lord what what are we talking about what's the area that I can be called into or you're talking to me singing about giving we're singing about loving we're singing about the miracle of love and just like I mentioned to you your passion can be seen by the things that you see it can be revealed by the things that you notice there are groups of people and needs that you notice might be lived experience for you. God has brought you up and out, and you want to pay it forward. It might be something that you're completely unfamiliar with, but drawn to. And so the prayer here in the next few moments is that our hands are open. It shouldn't be reluctant because we're agreeing with God. When it comes time to give and you've agreed with God on that point, it shouldn't, there shouldn't be reluctance at all. You agree, like... It was something you wanted to do. And just allowing that to flow out and recognizing that sometimes we, what we want and what we do just don't connect. Okay? That happens with our life of sin. What we want to do and what we do just don't get there. It happens with giving, what we want to do and what we actually do. Oh, the tensions and the struggles of it. So I encourage you in these next few moments as we just sing a few more times that in this prayer place, just like the person that gave and fell in love with it and gave again, the person that sent me the text that said, I heard this message, I've been here for years and I'm gonna tithe this Sunday. The couple that said, we've been talking about this and this is a confirmation that God wants to do something great through us for this kingdom. Those are the moments. And I'm actually going to encourage you to not beef it up and make it huge. Make it small. Make it a doable step. You're not reporting it. Should I clear the air? We're not doing the W-2 thing. 
You're not reporting it. It's you and the Lord. If it's I'd like to give a dollar, $10. Somebody would like to write a $1,000 check because you've never done it before and that's what you're called to do and you're just going to do it. Great. Great. Whatever that is. But it is not a compulsion but a love. We love because he loves. Bring who you love and we will love who you bring. How about another round of that miracle? Tyler, I'm going to guide us into our next steps here, um, and this is an opportunity for us to kind of summarize the message or any sort of experience that we've had here this morning, um, reflect, kind of package it all up, put a nice little bow on it, and take it with us through the week. Um, I enjoy Sundays. Um, but as we often say here is, this is just the icing on the cake. Um, we want to be the best Monday through Saturday church that there is. And this whole mission and, and giving that we've been in totally aligns with that, right? Um, we get recharged, recalibrated here, and then we take that with us throughout the week. That's the hope. That's the prayer. Um, and so um, my hope and my prayer for you is that you really take time to meditate on this. As scripture said, you don't want to get in any hurry, right? We want to listen. 
We want to pray. We want to talk with God. What's the invitation? Not being coerced, as Andy said, but what's the invitation? Really take, taking time uh, to sit with God on that. Um, so I'll share with you some of the things that I kind of pulled from the message today um, as we leave here. Is really um, a lot of religion versus relationship type vibes that I was picking up here. Um, so what do we miss when we get caught up in the snares of religion or traditions? Um, I think maybe it's a bleeding heart for giving, right? Again, not coerced, but invited into a space where we can give whatever, whatever it might be. Um, the biggest thing that resonated with me today was Andy, Andy shared the story where he was talking with a couple and they said they wanted to step into a lifestyle of giving. And when I think about a lifestyle of giving, I think about Jesus. First thing that came up for me, um, because Jesus gave his life for us so that he could live his life through us. And uh, I don't know about you guys, I know a whole lot about me. I'm the guy that wants to build bigger barns. I'm that guy, uh, separated from Christ, that's who I am. Um, but allowing Christ to live his life through me just allows me to give way more freely of what's been given to me. Um, so again, meditate on where's that higher place, as Andy said. What's the higher place for you um, that we're being invited into? So take time to listen this week. Pray. I encourage you to do that. So I'll pray us out of here. Um, Lord God, we just thank you for, uh, for allowing us all to gather today, Lord, together uh, in your name. Lord, um, we're always better because of it, God, better uh, because of you, Lord. Um, and God, I just pray that, that uh, you allow this message to be translated, Lord, individually through each person here, God, um, as, we, as we are prompted and as we, as we uh, gather the courage to follow those prompts, Lord, um, sometimes they're scary, the unknowns. Um, but we just pray your boldness, God, to be able to step into these spaces and serve in different capacities at different degrees, Lord. Um, and Lord, just let us share together these experiences that, um, that they might speak and breathe life um, into each other and all around us, God. Um, which is ultimately your spirit, God, the spirit of giving and of truth and of love, Lord. Um, it's life-giving and it's life-changing, God. Um, God, there are aspects of you that never change, Lord, but we've seen historically um, there are parts of you that do change um, because we were not able, we were not willing to change, Lord. You had to change the game, God. Um, and you change things forever, Lord, and we're so grateful for it, and we're way better because of it, Lord. So, God, I pray that you're with everyone this week, Lord, 
in their homes and in the workplace, God, wherever, wherever our feet may take us, God, that your spirit be there with us, guiding us and speaking to us, Lord. We love you and we thank you.